Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, aka Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. It's almost the end of May, and I am not writing these nearly as far in advance as I was before I got my job, so it's halfway through May as I'm writing and recording this. And I really don't know where this year is going. It's also Kalamazoo Medieval Congress time, which is fully virtual this year, so I'm listening to all sorts of interesting papers, including one looking at interpretations of the Iliad over the centuries, which, yes, Hector has always been a favorite. <laughs> but this is not an Iliad episode. This is a myth episode, and we are still working our way through the Bibliotheca. I'm still using the Fraser translation, freely available, numerous places online, um, for a public domain translation, which means it's old. This one, it, it's fine. I, I don't have any issues with it. Um, I, yeah, I think that maybe says a lot about the source material as opposed to necessarily the translation. We have already seen that Pseudo-Apollodorus rushes through these stories, and we will see that trend continue today in Book 1, Chapter 4. In Chapter 3, we write about Zeus having children. Chapter 4 picks up there. Zeus is still chasing every individual with a uterus. Asteria, however, is having none of it. She turns herself into a quail and throws herself into the sea where an island forms, which, of course, at first is called Asteria, but later it becomes Delos, a name which should be familiar from when we looked at the Homeric hymns to Apollo. I love Delos. It is a beautiful island. If you ever get the chance to go to go to Greece and go to the Cyclades, go to Delos. It is, it is worth it. It is just a beautiful, beautiful island. Um, you can't stay there but I recommend it. Latona, however, isn't so lucky. She uh, does get pregnant by Zeus and is chased all over the earth by Hera until she gets to Delos and gives birth there. First, Latona has Artemis, and then Artemis serves as midwife to the birth of Apollo. Now, if you're confused, Latona is Leto's Roman name, and I, I don't know why Fraser is using the Roman name for Leto when pretty much the rest of this translation uses Greek names. So Latona is Leto in Rome. I I don't know. Anyway, Artemis devotes herself to hunting and Apollo hangs out with Pan and learns the art of prophecy from that particular half-brother because Pan's parents are Zeus and Hybris. Eventually, Apollo goes off to Delphi. Themis has an oracle there, and Python is the guard of that oracle. No problem for Apollo. He kills Python and takes over the shrine. Now, stepping back a bit, um, after another of his dalliances, Fraser uses the word debauched, which makes the relationship sound less than consensual. And frankly, we know that Zeus never really cares how women feel, although he does know when he's pissed Hera off. Anyway, so after another of his non-consensual encounters, Zeus hides from Hera for a while, and Hera takes the opportunity for a little parthenogenesis and gives birth to the giant Tidius. Uh, back to Apollo and Delphi. Mom comes for a visit, 
Latona or Leto, depending on your translation, and Tidius decides that he likes her. She does not return those feelings and calls for her children to help her. They're both accomplished archers, as you may recall, and shoot Tidius down. And that's why he's in Hades, having his heart perpetually eaten by vultures. Those Greeks knew how to create an eternal punishment. But Apollo's not done. He also kills Marcius, the son of Olympus. You see, Athena had these pipes that she tried to play, but she saw how they made her face look and found it to be most unattractive and threw them away. Marcius finds the pipes and challenges Apollo to a game of, shall we say, musical horse. You know, the basketball game, horse or pig if you want it to be shorter. I'm sure you could use any word. Anyway, not a good idea. Apollo turns his lyre upside down and plays magnificently, of course, because he is the god of music, after all, and Marcius is unable to do the same. So Apollo wins, and okay, honestly, this next part is kind of gross, so feel free to skip ahead 15 seconds. Apollo hangs Marcius on a tree and flays him, which seems pretty harsh for a music contest. Not that Sister Artemis is any less bloodthirsty. She kills Orion. Now, Orion is a giant. Uh, Maybe he's Earthborn. Maybe he's the son of Poseidon and Euryale. All depends on who you ask. His first wife is Cide, but she dies because she thinks she's as beautiful as Hera. And Hera's not going to take that sort of cheek. So Orion goes after Merope, but her dad is having none of that and does... uh, sort of Odysseus and Polyphemus thing. He gets Orion drunk, blinds him, and throws him out. But it's okay, because the sun's rays heal him. Because, I don't know, it all seems pretty new age to me. Anyway, Orion starts to go after Merope again, but he doesn't get a chance because Dawn, bringer of those rays, has fallen hard for him. She carries Orion off to Delos, and that's where Artemis kills him. Why? Again, it depends on who you ask. And maybe it's because he challenges her to a game of quoits, and she wins. Maybe it's because he decides to make one of Artemis's followers his next conquest, uh, which is not cool, Orion. I kind of like to think that that's why Artemis kills him. You know, gets her revenge. Anyway... Uh, because this text is pretty random, that's where it leaves off on stories of Apollo and Artemis. But the chapter doesn't end there. It ends with one more little note about Poseidon. He marries Amphitrite, one of Ocean's daughters, and they have a son, Triton, and a daughter, Arode, which, or Rode, with an H, Rode, like the island of Rhodes. Rode marries the sun, which explains why the Colossus of Rhodes was a statue of Helios, or the sun, the husband of, of Rode, of Rode. I, there are a couple of things I want to discuss, um, so I think we'll take a short break and uh, come back for them. Right. I said there were a couple of things, but (laughs) there's really just one. And it's a theme that arches over this entire chapter. And I've touched on it already before. Consent. 
we see Zeus going after everyone female and breathing, and he doesn't care how they feel about it. You know what he's thinking? He's the king of the gods. They should be so lucky. Zeus, toxic masculinity at its best, or worst, I suppose. At least Tidius gets punished for his actions. But the reason I decided I needed a bit more time on this episode is because of the story of Dawn and Orion. Uh, This text tells us, I quote, Aphrodite caused Dawn to be perpetually in love because she had bedded with Ares. So Dawn has some sort of relationship with Ares. It's not clear if it's consensual or not, but it sounds like maybe. And we know that Aphrodite has a thing for Ares. Now, I am actually right now, well, obviously not at this exact moment, reading Aphrodite the Beauty by Joan Holub to my daughter. It is number three in the Goddess Girls series, which are a delightful retelling of Greek mythology for the tween set. My daughter's six, but we're into chapter books already, and it needs to be something that mom enjoys reading too. Anyway, whenever I get around to Beth's Book Club, the Goddess Girls series will make an appearance because... I, I, I think they've done a good job with them for rewriting mythology for 10-year-olds. Anyway, um, the plot revolves in part around Aphrodite being jealous that Ares is paying attention to goddesses other than her. So I digress slightly. Dawn, Dawn has what I like to think is a consensual relationship with Ares, and Aphrodite punishes her by making her fall in love with everyone. And this is the problem that we've seen with Aphrodite and other myths. The curse makes Dawn fall in love, but does that mean that the subsequent relationships are consensual? Would Dawn have fallen in love with Orion if she hadn't been cursed by Aphrodite? We don't know. So are Dawn's relationships consensual or is she being forced into them by Aphrodite. It, it's, it's so messy. It is so messy. So what do you think? What is your favorite Apollo and or Artemis story? Pop over to the blog and share your thoughts. It's at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. I'm on Patreon as Triumvir Clio. Should you feel so inclined, no pressure. That URL is in the show notes too. Oh, and before I go, I have a new segment. Listener mail. I've never gotten listener mail. Feedback, sure, mostly from my mother and my BFF. The occasional like on a blog post, which isn't a comment, and I have no clue if the person is a listener or just enjoys the blog posts. Uh, but this is from someone who is not my mother and is an actual email. Thank you, Allison, for writing in. She says she's working her way through the archive and is into July of 2020. Apparently, I had a couple of rough episodes that month, and I honestly don't remember because I think July of 2020 was about 30 years ago. They were both, I looked back, they were both Greek comedy episodes, which is interesting. Not sure what was happening the days that I was recording those. Anyway, you've probably noticed by now that I don't really edit these things. If I stay on script, I'm pretty fluid in my speech, but I am terrible about filler words if I start ad-libbing, and I'm even worse about going back and editing those filler words out. Maybe I'll find time to go back and do some editing or 
if people do, this is not me asking you to give me money, but if people do start subscribing on Patreon, maybe I'll use that money to hire someone to edit and have them go back in the backlog and actually clean up those things in the backlog um, and then edit things going forward, assuming I can get them episodes to that person fast enough. I am, I'm starting to not have much of a backlog in, in my available. Anyway, I will do my best not to get so off topic that it's as noticeable as apparently it was in those episodes um, in the future. I hope you're still listening, Allison, and you can send a note too, just like Allison did through the blog, triumvirclio.school.blog. The next episode will be our first comedy by Terrence, Hakira, or The Mother-in-Law. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.